it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Open Frequency Radio. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is returning guest, good friend of mine up in the great white north of Alberta, Canada, uh, Jerry. Jerry, it's been a while. Um, yeah, yeah, it has. Um, hope you had a good New Year, good Christmas and whatnot. Yeah, man, it was it was quiet. You know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't very eventful, but uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, that's I, I, sometimes quiet is is best um so you and i've been talking about this for a while um when you and i did our last episode we talked a lot about music we kind of touched on a couple other things but we never talked about (laughs) video games and i know that's something that you and i could probably not shut up about for a couple of hours for sure i mean um well i mean like especially now the way that things are, it's kind of nice to talk about something other than everything else that's going on. Cause like, you know, uh, I'm sure everybody else is just fucking mentally exhausted <laughs> with um, the last year. Yeah. Especially, uh, um, not get into it, but I think week and a half ago when all the, the, the big things happened that everyone knows what I'm talking about in, uh, Washington, DC, um, I took the Facebook app off my phone. I only have Messenger oh. now. I'm just like I, I'm, 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 I'm sick of it. I'm done. I don't care. So, <laughs> yeah, good call. But yeah, I mean, as you, you know, as you probably know, you've probably been reading the news. You probably already have an opinion. But uh, Cyberpunk <laughs> came out and uh, kind of shit the bed. <laughs> Cool. Let's 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 go right into let's 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 talk about that because I don't even think Cyberpunk was out last time we did this po- podcast together. Uh, no, um, it, it wasn't. So, probably the most anticipated game of the past ten years. Oh, and easily. the game flopped. I don't want to say flopped, um, but so it fell I, hard on launch. I have opinions about it because um, I I I played it and I finish the main story um i played it on pc uh i feel bad for those that had been super excited to play that game uh on you know last generation's consoles and then they just got a big old middle finger to the face uh when they (laughs) fired that game up uh it it ran pretty good on my pc like i don't have a a crazy pc um I have a 1070 graphics card, 
so I didn't, you know, I didn't have the ray tracing and stuff, and I did have to tweak that game a lot to get it to to run at any sort of decency. Um, but I will say, I did enjoy the campaign of that game. Um, Keanu Reeves is great in that in in that story, and I like kind of the dynamic between Keanu Reeves' character and the character that you play as B. Some good dynamic there. The thing that stood out like a sore thumb to me, um, which I did you play The Witcher three? A little bit. I think I got halfway through. So I, um, I I wanted to like Cyberpunk a lot more than I did. I'll say that because I was a huge Witcher three fan, um, and again. That was one of those things that I bounced off of probably two times until I finally actually dug into it. Um, and by the time I played it, all the kinks had been worked out of that game. Because from what I can remember, that game had a rough start as well. Um, but coming off The Witcher 3, and even though The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk are completely different games, um, the thing that really... Uh, captivated me with the witcher 3 was the fact that side quests like had a, like a certain weight to them and like they were meaningful in ways that you're not really getting that in cyberpunk the, the story missions are really good um and there's some pretty intense moments but like the the side stuff that i played it's it was pretty forgettable I mean, it was it added a little bit to the main story, but it wasn't it wasn't as fleshed out as the stuff from The Witcher Three. So, although I enjoyed my time with that game, I definitely won't be going back to it. Okay, that's, so that's just performance clear. aside, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I went into that thing, um, you know, hearing about how terrible it ran, how like hilariously bad all the glitches were which by the way i'm okay with some glitches i don't know about you but like i used to fucking love all the stupid dumb glitches in like skyrim and shit i love that shit so much um or even halo i remember the original the first couple of halo games they had some really cool glitches did they yeah there was a couple of um Oh man, I'm trying to think. At least I remember the one I remember most is the one in Blood Gulch when you're playing um, on the first game. If you rode a ghost sideways against the right wall, like like the right wall at the right speed, and you jumped out, it would knock you all the way up to the top of the map, and you could sit there just <laughs> oh, snipe people. Wait, maybe I I think I have seen that before. Um, yeah, I think I do know what you're talking about. But yeah, like, I, I find glitches sometimes pretty funny. Um, you know, it was a little off-putting in Cyberpunk um, when you would see these glitches kind of happening during major, major cutscenes. Um, for example, I had the one very common one, it sounds like, if not <laughs> maybe 100%. Uh, kind of rate of people encountering this thing. Towards the end of the game, there's a very crucial cutscene 
and your character does not render properly. And uh, my character, who I had went through the game, you know, I, you know, you make your character. My character had like this really cool hairstyle and stuff. But at the end of the game, when it rendered my character, he didn't have any hair. He was bald. <laughs> so it was kind of alarming seeing my character finally, because, you know, the, the game is a first-person game. So in the end, you finally get to see your character talking to another character, and he has no hair. <laughs> and then people just start doing T-poses. And it... I like glitches, but not really when I'm in a very like emotional part of the game that you're like invested in and then it, it, it just totally took me out of it and it was just like it, be, it just became a joke so you know besides the performance I think once they fix it up it'll be okay but it's not gonna be amazing it, like I, I feel like some people are ho- like they're, they're holding off on this thing hoping that well if I wait a year and they, they work these kinks out this game is gonna be like Incredible. Some might find it to be incredible, but I don't think I would. So, this is my thoughts off the bat with this game. Because, I mean, I can't think of any person in their right mind who was not anticipating this game. Like, everyone I knew, Cyberpunk was going to be like, the game that walked us into the next-gen consoles. Um, I was going to wait for next-gen anyways because the game just looked gorgeous from all the gameplay. I'm like, nope, I can't I can't sacrifice this. This needs to be played on next-gen or PC. Yeah, 100%. Um, and even even still, after seeing everything I'm seeing, I've, I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard people who have the original X, the Xbox One and they can't run run it for the life of them. But I've heard people who have the same Xbox and they're like, it runs fine. Like, it's crashed like twice, but it's fine. You know, it's not horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think everyone, I think everyone's expectations were super high to begin with. Um, I personally think, I said this to somebody else, they should have probably never released it for the current gen or the last gen so they could have focused to make sure everything else was working correctly. I feel like you like 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 you said you played it on the PC, so you're just like yeah, you had to tweak it a lot, but it still looked decent. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely was not meant for last gen. That's the that's the you, you kind of nailed it there, and I, I've said the same thing to some people that um, they should have never released this on PS4 and Xbox One. It never should have come out on those consoles. I don't think this was ever intended. Well, I I think once they got to a certain point in the development, they probably fucking knew that this wasn't intended for those consoles. Um, and I feel like if they had to just not release it on those ones and push that date back a little further than it already was. And I, I know that, you know, it's, it probably has a lot to do with like investors and stuff pressuring them. Hey, we need this out 2020. Uh, like if, if you keep pushing this back, if it gets pushed back past 2021 like there's going to be a lot of issues um but yeah if they had to just did this a little differently i think it would have made a, a big difference but yeah they should have either pushed it till 2021 or should have said um what should i just just in the back of my head they should have 
They should have just delayed it indefinitely. Because an indefinite delayed game, I know some people are like, well, that's usually a, an omen. I'm like, well, is it though? Or would have, would have you rather had the original release date? Yeah. Could you imagine if this now? game, yeah, if this game came out on the original release date, it would have been an even bigger dumpster fire. For sure. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the other thing I do have to, uh, I, I think a lot of gamers are, this is, this goes with anything, you know, you know, music fans and whatnot. Um, I think people are just super impatient. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I think people, everything's going to be, you know, GTA five or red dead redemption two off the bat. Yeah. And they, and they, and they get super, fr- you know, I, there's potential for this game. So let's 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 cycle over the one I like to use, No Man's Sky. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, the game is actually really good, and I recently threw that on in VR because it's included in Game Pass, which I have on my PC. Um, so I threw that on in VR, and it's it's so cool. And I mean, when that game first came out, that was that was a fucking disaster when that came out at first and it uh-huh. wasn't because it was buggy it was just it didn't have anything like all the all the shit that you thought that that game was going to be it was nothing like it was just it was a walking simulator that you get to go to different planets um you know now we have vr we have the co-op stuff they're making like these kind of pseudo campaigns for it and these little fun things i i don't know i think they they did they did justice on that game. So, yeah, for sure. CD Projekt Red can probably do justice on Cyberpunk as well, but that's also not factoring in how tarnished their name is now because of this release. Because, I mean, I don't know the last time I've ever heard of Sony fucking pulling a game off of their store. I've never... Like, I don't even know if there has been an example that I can think of that they've ever, they've never done that. Um, so that's, that's pretty bad. Um, like, I'm not, not even going to try to deny that that's, that's, that's a huge hit to that company. Will they make it out up on top? Probably. But not without some pretty deep scratches. Yeah, no, they're going to have to, uh, again, unfortunately, everyone, not everyone is Rockstar. I don't know what Rockstar does, but they have such a, they have a <laughs> strong formula. Um, and they make bangers, like, almost all the time now. You want to know who makes the bangers? Oh. Always Nintendo. Those motherfuckers get it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, lately you and I have been, like, sharing, you know, some some pictures of like our retro shit. Um, And even though I have played, you know, in 2020, I played a lot of, you know, the new, the big guys, you know, I played cyberpunk. I played control, which I think you're playing now. Uh, Yep. Um, Yep. The game is fucking incredible. Um, You know, I played judgment, which is that uh, the Yakuza side story, like the, the spinoff. Yep. I also I also played Yakuza Kiwami and Kiwami 2. So I played like some new heavy hitters. Uh and of course Final Fantasy 7 Remake and The Last of Us Part 2. 
which are kind of my two number ones for this year. It's it's almost impossible for me to pick between the two. But besides all of those new big heavy hitters, I also played a shitload of retro stuff. And like like you, I I I love retro. Um, I have said a few times that I could probably do a full year of just playing retro games and no like brand new like titles that are coming out. Um, it would be extremely difficult, especially with <laughs> like in 2020, for example, I would have had to have skipped Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was probably my most anticipated game from last year. Um, but I could probably easily do a full year of just retro games. Oh, hands down, hands down. It's funny because I think most of the games I have on my Switch, so um, most of them are retro. Like I have um, Nukem, I have Turok 1 and 2, I got all the Doom games. Nice. Um, I think I'm picking up, after we get off this call eventually, I'm going to download the original Fire Emblem that was never released in the States. Oh, uh, yeah. On the Switch. Nice. Um, so I, uh, sorry, funny side story about Fire Emblem. I played and beat my very first Fire Emblem this year. It was oh, the, nice. the Game Boy Advanced uh, Fire Emblem. Emulator? Uh, yes. Yep, it was on an emulator. And it was recommended to me by Dalo. Uh, he said that that was probably the best one to start at. Because I typically don't like strategy games i actually kind of hate strategy games um but oh my god i got sucked into this game and uh i think the next one on my list is uh path of radiance i think that's the the first the gamecube one which uh i've heard a lot of really really good things about um are, are you like a are you a pretty big fan of the fire emblem series no i'm just from it's one of those series where i've never like i think i've played a uh a couple of times but I've never, it's one I've wanted to get into, but I've just, you know, never had the time. It's kind of like, you're going to be shocked. New Year's Eve, I started playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Like the original Final Fantasy VII? Yep, that's another one that's on the Switch, the original Unremastered. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that game is really good. Uh, I don't know, I would be curious to know what someone's take would be on that game, uh, playing it for the first time because <laughs> I think it's probably a little like a lot of why I love that game and put it up on a pedestal is because I played it at a, at a like time in my life. I was like, you know, like a, a teenager preteen maybe. And it just completely fucking blew me away at the time. Um, I don't know if it holds up as well. I mean, the story is really cool and it is by far my favorite um, kind of steampunkish. Uh, Final Fantasy, you know, with the, the kind of futuristic elements, um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what, like, how far are you in it? Um, I am at where they're trying to knock down. I think the saucer. It's like towards the. Be it's not the beginning of the game, but by this point, you'd already fallen into the church. Um, okay. Yeah. You. Went through all the train, um, the abandoned trains. You went back to your town, where you're from, because I think 
the owners of the company or whatnot, they're trying to take the saucer down. Um, so first and foremost, part of part of my favorite thing about retro games is just the just the aesthetic of going back and being able to just play games as they were. You know, remasters are kind of cool, but sometimes I want to see shit like it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. I, I don't need anything updated. Couldn't agree more. Um, even when I'm emulating stuff, um, I am usually throwing on a scanline filter and I'm leaving it at 4.3 and I'm not turning on any smoothing or upscaling. I want to see it exactly how it was supposed to be. I want to see all those little jaggies and all the little edges and all the pixels nice and sharp. I don't want it to look like a smoothed fucking just this gross like visual diarrhea because I, I feel like a lot of that's especially on playstation one if you try to smooth out stuff on playstation one it looks fucking horrendous in my opinion oh yeah so because everything cool. just looks like polygons yeah it's just blobs you, you know even um, even cloud cloud's hair is all like <laughs> cloud is barely a figure as it is <laughs> when you turn on the smoothing he just turns into a fucking yellow and purple blob but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean that game is is super good and the the remake was insanely good uh i'm assuming that you didn't play the remake yet if you're just getting to the uh (laughs) to the the original no so i knew i knew the, the, the it was a big deal the remake was coming out and i knew when it came out that it was only like what the first half first third of the story or something like that and they were expanding on it so i'm like okay before i even decide to go hey let me just get the remaster i'm like let me let me go back let me go back and let me play the original game as it was and experience it and so far i've loved it i've absolutely loved good. it good 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 um which is crazy because i actually my first experience with Final Fantasy, I bought years ago, like 15 or so years ago. Um, they had the remasters of 1 and 2 on the play- PlayStation Portable. Oh, yeah. And I put in number 2 because I found 2 before 1. And I put it in, and there was like 20 minutes of opening cutscenes for an 8-bit game. And as soon as I was able to move my character, I turned my PlayStation off. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I was like, cool at this story, but I kind of just want to get into it. Right. So are you are you a, like a, a fairly big RPG fan now? Or is this still kind of just one of your side interests? <laughs> so I, I I so my favorite thing about video games, um you know, I've always like I've told you, like I, I do like to write, I've written some scripts. I'm actually I just started writing a a, a, a semi-auto biographical book about my time in college um video games i think is one of the best storytelling mediums um oh, sure and are i've always been fascinated with rpgs and jrpgs jrpgs are like and the stories are incredible mm-hmm. but like it's the time you know i ha- you know we're not you know we're not kids anymore you know i'm always doing a million things so i don't get to play as much so when i do invest my time i make sure i invest it in a couple of games you know um, one, another one, you get, you get a chance. I'm not sure if you've ever played it on the switch. They have the original fantasy star, uh, for the Sega master system. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've ever played that. I have not. Um, I actually 
think we may have thrown that on at Dalos because um, he has a really really cool retro setup, um, and we threw it on I think. And I remember the music being fucking amazing. Like I I, yeah. I immediately was like, wow, this is this is fucking intense. And even like the way that the battles and stuff were, I remember thinking it was pretty pretty awesome looking. Um, but I've never played any of those games and I've only ever heard good things about them. So it probably should go on my list of one like you know rpg series to try to dig into a bit yeah no i mean even the first one like i know because i was watching um somebody on youtube i forgot who it was and he kept praising this game and i've only been familiar with fantasy star online and i don't know if that's an actual online game um it is um i think i heard recently that uh there's still people working on preserving servers like private servers for that game so that people can still like i'm pretty sure people are still playing that online on like private servers yeah which is insane (laughs) yeah so for me like i've always i've never been like an online gamer like you will rarely rarely find me online playing games yeah i'm the same but I started playing the first one, and, like, I love the 8-bit, 16-bit um, gen consoles. I love how simplistic things were. There was some excellent storytelling. And the fact that it's, like, a fantasy game, but, like, you travel between different planets. Yeah, that sounds fucking awesome, man. I am definitely going to check that out. And when you go into caves and dungeons, you go into, like, a first-person mode, and it's almost like a dungeon crawler. Oh, man. Yeah. Fuck, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I've beaten it. I'm stuck on one part, but it's one. It's it's. Every time I pick it up and I try to you know go back and play it and continue, I'm just like, this is just a this is this is a masterpiece. It's a great game. Shit, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to throw that in the mix. Um, so kind of going back to what you were saying about you know you, you wanna you wanna look at these games the way that they looked 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. So one thing that I've come to realize this year um, is the fact that playing these games and them looking proper is one thing. Mm -hmm. But playing them with the the right hardware, like the hardware that they came out on, um, because, I mean, you know, I, I... I know a lot about emulation, and I I do run a lot of emulation, but there is really nothing like playing anything on its its intended hardware. Uh, You know, whether that's the the console itself, but more so the controller. Yeah, so as an example, um, this this past year, Dalo and I, uh, we we usually get together like once, once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And we pretty much just play retro shit. And we actually kind of made this, like, fucking blood pact. Hey, let's get 120 stars in Super Mario 64 by, like, passing the controller back and forth star for star. Um, And at first, we were playing... He ordered, like, this... um, It's, like, a newer 
N64 controller, and it's yeah. kind of, it's it's shaped more like an Xbox controller, and it's it's really cool. But we were finding that moving Mario with that controller didn't feel right. And as soon as we switched back over to the classic N64 controller, it felt exactly how it was supposed to feel. And we were actually finding a big difference in the playability of the game on what controller we were using. And it, again, I I have emulated Mario 64 a bunch of different ways. You know, I've I've played it with an Xbox controller. I've you know I've experienced that, and it's it just is not the same. So. I, I've had my eyes just kind of blown open by the importance of having proper hardware. And I mean, I, I, I sent you a, a picture of uh, what I got gifted for Christmas, the, the Sega Saturn controller. Oh, and yeah. I cannot fucking wait to play some Sega Saturn games because that's a, it's a different kind of controller. There's six base buttons. That's different. There's not, there's no other controllers that have that, that control scheme. And I don't know. There's something about it. No, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's definitely... So and I was going to bring this up with the graphics, but I will start with the, the controllers. You can get away with it, with the 16-bit and the 8-bit. You can do... you Because there's not a lot. Like, you can easily... Like, if you're emulating um Super Mario Brothers or, you know something like Sonic off the Genesis or something like that, you can easily manipulate that on the keyboard. That's not, that's, it's, it's great to have the controller, but that one you can definitely, I don't need to do a lot. You know, you don't need to be yeah, a mouse or whatnot. Um, I think when it gets into 32, 64 bit generations, then it gets different. Then it's like, okay, I can fuck around with, you know, the mouse and whatnot, but I mean, it's like the controller, the controller feels right. Like you said, um, I got the Dolphin emulator on my computer, nice. and I started playing Luigi's Mansion. And I, 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 I kind of got a keyboard scheme going with my mouse, but I'm like, I need like a USB port, like controller, if I'm yeah, going to do this on my PC. I mean, you could, um, you could sync up a if you have Bluetooth on your PC, you could sync up a uh, an Xbox controller, or you can get like the um, the dongle. That allows you to just sync them up to your PC, which is what I have. Um, but I mean, the, here so two problems with that whole thing. Number one, um, with GameCube games, uh, the controller had the triggers that were pressure sensitive, and yeah. Luigi's Mansion actually takes advantage of that in a lot of different ways. So I would actually advise you to stop playing Luigi's Mansion on an emulator if that's how you were approaching it, because you're not going to get the full feel of that game uh, without that proper controller. And even if you bought, um, I, you know, I know there's a lot of third-party, like, USB controllers that you can buy for PC, um, and I'm sure you could plug in a USB GameCube controller. Like, I mean, I, I think even, like, the newer Nintendo ones have a USB for the, for the Switch. Like, you can use them on Switch and stuff. But I don't think the triggers are pressure sensitive like they used to be on the original GameCube controller. That's so interesting. The, the setup that I have now, um, right now I have I have a Wii U. And that Wii U is pretty much my, my Wii, my GameCube, and my Wii U. Because I have it hacked so that I'm able to run GameCube ROMs off of it. 
Interesting. Interesting. The only problem is I don't have a GameCube controller. Now, flip side of this, Dalo, in his setup, he does. He actually has his original fucking GameCube controller from when he owned his GameCube. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've played some GameCube games at his house, and having that original hardware in your hand is a game changer. Once you do that, you're kind of like, I don't want to play this any other way now. Like, I, I want to, I, this is as authentic as it probably could be, um, to, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, no, and, you know, I, it's funny because my family, we did have a GameCube. Um, and I think it was kind of like my brothers, like all of ours growing up. And I never took that with me when I left the house because, you know, my brother has his four kids and, you know, they're getting older now. My godson's going to be 12, so can't really buy him toys anymore. Um, you can, but, you know, video games is probably a little more, uh, up his, up his alley at that age. Right. Um, so I think the GameCube is one of the few things that I, um, I don't have in my collection. However, that being said... Luigi's Mansion still runs almost between 130 and like $160. Yeah, I know. There's there's some really, really pricey games on the the like the retro market. Um now, one thing that <laughs> probably frowned upon, um, you know, I I don't have I don't own anymore. I used to own tons and tons of retro stuff. Um, but now I don't own any. Um so I have been Basically, from from Nintendo Entertainment System to Wii U is pretty much emulated um, right. on my end. Um, well, it's on the Wii U, so Nintendo to GameCube is all emulated. Um, but the cool thing about the Wii U is you're actually not technically emulating the GameCube stuff. The Wii U is actually already designed to be able to run GameCube games. It just never did. So once people found out that it was capable of doing that, once you, when you're running a GameCube game off the Wii U, it's actually, it's running hardware. So you are basically just running it off a of GameCube, which is really cool. Because again, like it's just, I don't know, it, there's a certain level of authenticity to that that feels a lot better than if I was running that off of my computer. Do you know what I mean? No, I, 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 I 100% get that. That's That's interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, cause I do have a Wii U and I actually, I think it's a, it was a great piece of hardware. It's almost like the switch prototype, if you will. Um, oh, for sure. Um, there was a lot of things that it should have done that the switch ended up doing that it didn't do, but I think that there's some cool, cool features on the Wii U that you, that you don't have on the switch. The dual screens, man. It's basically a home DS, DS. console. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got. I don't know. I I I remember being hyped for it to come out, even though people were kind of shitting on it before it even came out. And you know, I I had it day. Well, no, actually, I didn't get the Wii U on day one. It was it was a little bit little afterwards. I and <laughs> um, I think the games that I had day one were the new Super Mario Bros. U, and I had Zombie. Um. And yeah, those are great games. And probably my favorite Mario game ever came out on Wii U, and that's Super Mario 3D World. That game, that game almost made me fucking cry <laughs> because of how goddamn nostalgic and good it was. Uh, just 
there was so much love put into that for that game, and I feel like people skipped over the Wii U and skipped over all these amazing games. I mean, even myself, I still haven't played Bayonetta two, uh, and that came out on, that was that originated on the Wii U, and yeah, the, the console had these fucking titans on it for the for its titles and. Yeah, people just kind of overlooked it. And I guess that's why you see so many of these Wii U games getting ported to the Switch now and like kind of called something different. Um, just because the majority of people skipped that console. But they skipped a lot of good things when they did. Yeah, I mean, you've probably... I'm assuming you've seen the... Uh, you've seen the fucking numbers. I mean, the damn thing didn't even sell 14 million worldwide. <laughs> yeah, I know. Compared to uh, the, the Switch Switch has 68 million three years into his lifetime, four years into his lifetime, and then the Wii, Wii was what, 1. You know, 101 million. So, yeah, it's a flop. Like, yeah, it, and that's the thing. Yeah, it was considered a flop, but then in the eyes of a lot of like avid Nintendo fans, it was not like it, it had it had the shit that you wanted on it. Um, it's just that I don't know. A lot of people just kind of frowned upon it for some stupid reason, but I, w- I was all in like right from the get go. But I, I am, you know, I always it's funny because I'll I'll hear you know, you know, Sony fanboys and Microsoft fanboys, and then I just kind of stand back and I go, I'm like, I'm actually a Nintendo fanboy first and foremost, um, and then you know I I lean more towards Sony for the rest of the stuff, but I'm. I, I wear my fucking Nintendo fanboyism on my sleeve. I, I have <laughs> I have no bones about telling people that I'm a I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Oh, hands I, down. I I don't think they can do wrong. Even when they made fucking weird consoles like Virtual Boy. Um yeah, that thing fucking sucked. <laughs> and it only had like two good games out of the twenty three or something that it released. But you know what? That's a very interesting piece of hardware. And it's an interesting kind of point in history in that company's timeline. Um, I actually just beat uh, the Virtual Boy Wario Land this year. Oh, wow. Or 2020. Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. It was super good. Yeah, and and so that's my that's that's my argument with Nintendo because I would I would argue that I'm also a Nintendo fanboy. Granted, I can always give constructive criticism. Um with some of some of the shit they do, but you know what? When the Switch was coming out, somebody made the argument that Nintendo is going to go bankrupt. They're going to lo- they're like they're going to lose the console war. They just need to do what PlayStation and Microsoft are doing. And I said, hold the fuck up. First and foremost, PlayStation and Microsoft are trying to make dumbed down PCs for people who don't want to sit in front of a computer all day. So that hooks up to the TV. I go, if Nintendo did it, they'd be lost in the shuffle, and they probably not that they'd be bad at it, but people aren't going to, you know, you know, what it would cost Nintendo to do to get to that point. The console would probably cost a little more um, than either or. Plus, it'd be lost on the shuffle. It'd be like, oh, it's like, do I want to... It's like you choosing a graphics card, almost, or like RAM. Nintendo's always been about innovation. My argument here... My, my argument's been Nintendo has been, ever since the Wii, they are out of the console wars. Yeah, they're not involved sure. anymore. Nope. Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo does. And they're going to do it fucking 
completely different than anybody else. And they're going to have ideas that the other big companies are not even going to touch with a 10 foot pole. Like they're just staying away from it. Cause yeah, like you said, Nintendo's going to Nintendo. <laughs> um, and you're absolutely right. In my opinion, once the Wii came out, they exited the console wars. They just went, you know what? We're, we're doing this fucking weird shit. Um, so you guys can, you guys can duke it out and we're just going to stand back. And when they stood back, they stood back fucking laughing at them <laughs> because they completely obliterated the competition in that console generation. Like they, mm-hmm. they destroyed. And yeah, that console has a lot of dog shit on it. You know, if you look at the shovelware that's on that system, but that system again also had some of the craziest fucking games ever. I mean, I will never even something as simple as Wii Sports. Do you remember the first time you played Wii Sports? Because I fucking I was just, do. I was just about to, about to say. I remember playing Wii Sports. Me and my brother. We there were some nights. I think, I I think I had turned twenty twenty one, and we would um. And granted, it had already been out by this point. I think the Wii U was out. But I'd come home from work. He'd come home from work. We'd pour. We get a beer, and we would do a full like nine hole game of Wii Golf. Nice. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like. I don't know. There, there's something more memorable and impactful um, for the Nintendo products. Like, they, I don't know. There's just something about them. They, there's nothing else like them, in my opinion. And granted, again, that's, that's probably my fanboyism <laughs> bleeding out right now. But granted, they did lose with the Wii and the Wii U. They did lose a lot of third-party support, and they can't hold themselves up without it. Oh, um, and for maybe sure. the lack of third-party support also didn't help the Wii U. But what the Switch is doing now, I would even argue, it's like the it's the Steam console for indie developers. How many fucking yeah. indie games are on the Switch? Oh, well, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like even though they lost a lot of that big third-party support, like, they don't necessarily need it. There's so many fucking amazing indie developers now. Um... Man, I get more excited about indie games most of the time than the fucking AAA shit. I mean, stuff that's small, small studios, small like small games. I don't know, like they. I of course I get excited over the the, the big ones that I get you know hyped for, but yeah, I mean, with a library like that, I mean, yeah, sure, they're not all good. There's a lot of shovelware starting to pop up on Switch. Um, well, I, I don't even starting it's it's been there for a while but yeah there's a lot of good indie games on there um i i played i played a handful this this year i mean i i did uh i don't know if, how indie it is but it's you know it's a smaller game have you heard of blasphemous no it was incredible it fucking blew my mind it was it's like a metroidvania uh crazy difficult Kind of like souls like, like a two D souls like. Um, that game fucking rocked my socks, man. So good. What did what did I get? I've been. You probably follow limited run games. I have a feeling. You know the company that does the limited uh, hard copy releases of stuff. Yeah, I don't follow them, but I I know a lot about them. Um, yeah. So um, they just released. Uh, they released the last year. Um, there was that game Bloodstained, which was a like a spiritual successor to Castlevania. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the 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 eight bit one. 
Yeah, and they released a hard copy of that for the Switch, which I got. Nice. Oh, um, nice. I actually, they just told me yesterday my copy of Episode 1 Racer is shipping. To uh, Actually, it shipped already, so that hard copy's coming in. Um, it's, it's, this, this is where I'm, I think, especially with the Switch now, Nintendo figured out, like, like, they hit the, the nail on the head with the Switch, what it can do. You can play it on your TV, but guess what? You can take it on the go. Uh, it, it makes sense for the world we live in. My thing is, because Nintendo's always been innovative, and I know we're talking about the Switch Pro coming out, you know, soon, in the next year or two, but I'm kind of curious what happens after the Switch, because for me, the Switch is absolutely ideal. Yeah, same. Uh, I think it's probably my favorite console, like, of all time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can say that kind of... Easily too. Like it's it's not really a competition. The fact that I can take that thing wherever, and I mean it's it's just powerful enough that you know the games look great on this on this console, whether it's in your hand or whether it's on the TV. Um, if they can just keep expanding on this, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we'll see Nintendo doing something weird and goofy, but I don't know. I I just feel like any deviation from the type of con console that they're making now you know the the handheld slash home console i really think that they should keep going in that direction hands down um the the only the if i if i had to do two things to the switch for next gen i would make a base well obviously update all the hardware on the switch itself but i would make the next dock be almost like a standalone console itself in regards to where like, you don't need it, but you can, A, it renders everything up, and B, mm, yeah. it allows me to finally do the two-screen thing that you did with the Wii U. Yeah, that that would be cool if you could do that. Somehow, like, shoot the picture or something. Like, split the picture and shoot one to the, to the TV. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, anything is possible, but for sure, that's kind of where I could probably see them going with the whole uh, concept of the next iteration of the Switch or whatever it's going to be. I mean, it sounds like the Switch Pro is probably just going to be kind of like what the 3DS did when it went from, like, 3DS to new 3DS. And yep. there was... I, I, I just hope that uh, we don't have, like, a fucking paywall in front of, you know, like, the new Zelda that's coming out. I hope it's not going to be one of those things where it's like, this game only works on Switch Pro. Um, I hope that doesn't happen because there was a couple games on 3DS uh, that were only available on the new 3DS. And I think it was the Xenogears one, uh, the uh, Dragon Quest one. I think was only for the new 3DS. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but there was some there was some advantages of playing it on the new 3DS. Yeah, I, I remember that, because I think one of the other things, too, is the Virtual Console for the new 3DS had the Super Nintendo games, and I have the day one 3DS still. And oh, really? Do, yeah, I, me, and my, me and my best friend I grew up with, um, we showed up at GameStop. It, we didn't know if there was going to be a line. There wasn't. It was a fucking Sunday. Everyone was at church or whatnot. There was some little <laughs> kid standing behind us with his father, and we're like 20. <laughs> so this little kid's like, can I, can I, can I get in front of you? And we just looked at the kid like, no. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I have my I have my day one one, and you just couldn't do the uh, when they updated and added the Super Nintendo games, you couldn't play them on the original 3DS. Right. Yeah. Um, they changed that though, right? I don't know. I just so recently I tried to play my my 3DS, and the good thing with We'll, we'll get into it with, like, you know, the Vita and even the original PlayStation Portable is the screens are still big enough where it doesn't hurt my eyes. I tried playing something on my 3DS recently, and I'm like, I don't have bad eyes, but I'm like, yeah, squinting. The, the screens are a little small. I did have an original 3DS, um, and then I ended up having, I did end up with a new 3DS XL, and my stupid ass fucking traded it in. And now I regret it because now I want one again because there's a million games between DS, 3DS um, that I I just want to play. And again, uh, it's one of those things where I just want the hardware, man. I want to be able to play the handheld games on the handheld hardware. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I mean, the only thing, like I said, my thing is with the screens being as small as they were. And I probably, if I had like the, like the, the 3DS XL, maybe it'd be a different story. Um. But I like I wouldn't go back and play something on like a Game Boy Advance. Like that's something where I did have my Game Boy player. I don't know where the fuck it is. Um, you got a Game Boy player? I had I bought one years ago when it was when it was out. Wow. That's a, I gotta that's find a fucking, it. Out. Yeah, that's a fucking relic. <laughs> but you know, for stuff. Like I said, even even getting older, sometimes I don't want to sit there and play on my fucking my 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 screen. Like I I need to project it on the TV so it's a little bigger. Yeah. Um. The thing with the Vita, like yeah, you sent me the photo of the Vita. I have my Vita. There's another one. Sony Sony launched that fucking thing, and they left it dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They just. I mean, they had some. Like, I feel like they opened pretty strong with it. Like they had some pretty heavy hitters like uh i know gravity I, rush is one of them. I was just gonna say gravity rush i haven't played it i have it um and i've heard nothing but good things about it um apparently that uncharted is not too bad uh you know you got you got a resistance game you got a kill zone game like they had some they had some decent shit right off the, the get-go for that thing and then yeah sony just kind of forgot about it and nothing was happening and even even sony's first party studios weren't really fucking with it because they were more focused on the PS4. But yeah, and they made they they made a lot of promises that just just I I will never forget this. I remember at E3 one year they announced that they were going to release a new BioShock game, a brand new BioShock game on the Vita. I, it was like awesome. Really? Oh yeah, they announced it and then nothing. Just nothing. Wow. That's... I'm a big Bioshock guy. I love Bioshock. I like Bioshock 1 and 2. I wasn't a huge fan of Infinite. I Actually, it's funny because I love 1 and 3. 2 is like the iffy one for me. But, oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, the, so, so going back, we were talking about the controllers and how you can make up for the controls. Mm-hmm. You know, for older consoles, but after a certain point, you need the controller. It just feels better. It plays better. Remasters, I feel like there are certain games I just I don't want to see remastered. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. like a there's like 
I would say seventh generation forward. I can do remasters because seventh gen, you know, Xbox 360, PS3, things had been smoothed out by that point. Yeah. So those games going forward, I can do a remaster. Everything like prior to that, I kind of don't care for. Right. Like I have the remastered Bioshock games. They look amazing. They're still oh, great. Yeah? What? Oh yeah, they look great. You know, do I still like playing them like they were well, 15 years ago? Absolutely. But you know, those are games where I can live with the remaster and go, okay, this looks great. This looks amazing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have kind of the same opinions. Um, you know, I I played two really good examples of doing that this year. Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2. Those are remasters of the first two Yakuza games. And... Dude, they're fucking crazy good. Like, I fell in love with the Yakuza series when I played uh, Yakuza 0 in 2019. And I cannot get enough of that whole franchise. Um, you know, I, I, I played Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2, and then I also did Justice this year. Or not Justice, uh, Judgment. Okay. Which, which was incredible. Um, that's not a remaster, though. But yeah, yeah, the Yakuza Kiwami games are a good example of how you do uh, like a re- remake of that proper. And believe it or not, Final Fantasy VII remake doesn't really fall into that category because that's that's not that's too too. That's different. a remake. That's not a remaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of like Resident Evil two and three. Those are like remakes. Oh, so. <laughs> Did you play Resident Evil 2 remake? No, I bought it and I didn't I didn't get to play it. Dude. So one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about. Um So let, let me ask you this. What is your favorite video game genre? Oh my god, dude, you're asking like a I don't have like I can't even think of like a I so don't even Here's the thing. Mine is easy. You know, aside from, you know, the Marios and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. I cherish the Mario games and all the Nintendo franchises. I have, you know, fond memories and deep nostalgia for that stuff. However, if I were to categorize, like, what my current favorite genre of game to sit down and play is, it has to be survival horror. I am such a fucking sucker for anything horror related because horror is easily my favorite genre of movies and television and and books so when i get to play games in that universe i it's just that it's easy it's my favorite so when you mentioned resident evil i will say that resident evil 2 remake is one of if not the best survival horror game i've ever played it's blew my expectations out of the water. Oh, yeah. Everyone, I mean, didn't that make, or at least it was dominated for Game of the Year for every award show last year? Yeah, it was nominated for a, just a fuck ton of awards. Um, and it's good because I, you know, kind of 
jumped on board the survival horror train probably a little later than than most. Um, you know, I remember renting on N64. Uh, do you remember the game Nightmare Creatures? No. <laughs> that game kind of sucks, but it was like <laughs> a it was a it was a horror game, and I I brought it home and it scared the fucking shit out of me. And I remember I brought it back to the video store because I was too scared to play it. So I was I was like a fucking baby bitch when it came to horror games. Um, I fucking brought it back, and then. Eventually, I rented Resident Evil 2 on N64, and the same thing. I could I could barely play it. But I think when I really fell in love with the horror franchises was when I finally got to play Resident Evil 4 on GameCube. That was, that was a game changer for me. Um, and then I think the next one after that would have been Dead Space. Because the first time that I played Dead Space, I immediately got transported back to my youth of being too scared to play a fucking game. That was the first time in like my semi-adulthood that I was too scared to play something. And I, I don't know if you've played Dead Space or not. That game. No, that's 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 another ass. one. No, you haven't played Dead Space. So when did when did Dead Space come out? Um, 2008, I think. Okay. Seven or eight. Okay. So, quick, uh, quick, um, quick little history lesson. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I might have told you this. So, when I was 16 years old, uh, two weeks after I turned 16 in 2007, I had a hand injury. Ripped my hand open on a broken meat slicer, cut through tendons, nerve damage. I had four surgeries in a year. I was out of work for two years. Um, a lot of just. I didn't play a lot of video games during that time period. That's kind of where I'm getting at. Um, so, like, that whole time period between 2007 and, like, 2010, like, I didn't start playing... I didn't start catching up until, like, a couple years later. Jesus Christ. Oh, you know that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, you know that spot, like, just below your stomach, like, by your abdomen? That area? Yeah. That's where my balls are right now after you said that your hand got sucked into a... Did you say a fucking meat grinder? No, 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 no. It was the meat grinder. So I was working on... A, I was 16 years old, and this guy owned a restaurant I worked for. He put me on a meat slicer that had no guard. Holy fuck. So I was trying to cut corned beef, and I, you know, 16 years old, never taught how to use this damn thing. It's a Friday night. Tried to go grab it, and I, I looked away, and my finger was on the blade. And yeah, it was that was bad. Fuck. Yep. That's. Oh man, that's that's rough. <laughs> you know what the worst part about like I think the following weekend you're gonna laugh at this one. The following weekend, my best friend's younger brother got rid of his whole PlayStation Portable, uh, collection and gave it to me. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he got rid of his whole hand. <laughs> no, you know, no, got rid of his whole collection. He goes, "Hey Sam, you want these? Yeah, here you go." And I'm like, "Awesome!" And I'm like. You son of a bitch! I can't, I can't play this. And that's how you learn how to play with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play with one hand? Were you one of those guys sitting there with the fucking, the eagle claw, with the one <laughs> no, controller? No, I, I, it, it was when I think I was just so drugged up during that time period, and there was, I was just telling somebody this. There was so, the night I had an, the, the, the night the injury happened, 
it was so traumatic on how the events turned out that night. I came home. My brother had Napoleon Dynamite on, and it was a scene where they're in the the uh, the Rex Kwando uh, um, UFC fighting you know part, and I'm like, that was like traumatizing watching it hours after. My mu- I I watched Legally Blonde, like one of the most nonviolent films out there, for a week because it was the only thing that ma- that was not uncomfortable. Any any form of violence. Or blood or anything was just uncomfortable for a whole week, at least. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's rough. So, no, I have not played Dead Space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of kind of goes hand in hand with Dead Space. Uh, no pun intended on the hand thing there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you definitely should play Dead Space uh, almost immediately. Find that game and play that game because it is it is a masterpiece. Um, it's a it's a ten out of ten for me, my friend. Put it that way. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so I mean, kind of going back to what I was saying, survival horror for me just keeps keeps coming at me. I mean, I, I I'll play the fucking shittiest survival horror games. Um, I recently played one, actually. I played Jurassic World Aftermath on the Oculus Quest. And boy, howdy, was that not a good game. (laughs) I wanted it to be a good game because I am a sucker for Jurassic Park as much as I am for fucking Nintendo shit. Jurassic Park, my favorite movie of all time. Um, You know, I really really wanted to like that game and especially you know in vr and stuff but i'll tell you how bad it is i made it to the fourth area of i think what looked like maybe seven areas total and it got to a a segment where i had to go back to the safe room that i I've been returning to for the whole game, and all of a sudden, oh no, the raptors are coming for you. You need to hide. So I did, and then I pretty much got a black screen that said, the rest of the game is coming later in 2021. What? Yeah. And I just kind of took the headset off and went, you're not allowed to do that. That's not how this works. I don't I don't play play fucking games to be shot down like a third of the way through for them to say, yeah, we haven't got this completely done yet, so hang tight, we'll get you the rest soon. What a cock block. Yeah. And it wasn't even a very good game. There was some cool segments. It's basically a game. Uh, its entire game mechanic is based around, you know that scene in the first Jurassic Park where the kids are hiding in the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah, it's that, basically. Um, you're just constantly hiding from raptors. And their I their AI is fucking pathetic. <laughs> but I played it through. I seen it through to the end. It wasn't complete dog shit, but you know It's close enough. It's pretty close. Um The only game that I quit last year happened to be uh a survival horror game. 
at the same same kind of token, also in twenty twenty, my probably my game of the year is a survival horror game, The Last of Us Two. So that's kind of a weird reason why I like survival horrors because it's kind of like horror movies itself, where there's some you you get like these masterpieces, but then there's also just the worst of the fucking worst seems to come out in either horror video games or horror movies. But then there's that weird line of like, this movie's so bad, but I love it. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, I played Dino Crisis in 2020 as well. That game is also not very good, but I fucking love that game. It's so cheesy. The voice acting is terrible. The AI is kind of flawed. It has insanely stupid difficulty spikes. But I fucking... I played it. I I played it, and I beat it. And I have no regrets. <laughs> it always goes back to... The sometimes things are so bad it's good. My Mine I always like to use is the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's not a great movie by any means. But boy, do I uh, love watching that movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That movie is perfect, and you leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's uh, funny you bring up survival horror games. Um, for me, so I actually I sent it to you. I don't know if I told you my experience. So I picked up Resident Evil Seven for my PlayStation because I got my PlayStation VR headset. Good luck with that. <laughs> so I. New Year's Eve, I'm home alone, I was playing Final Fantasy, I think it was, I just got to a point where I was just like, okay, you know, it's it's still early in the game, you're still getting all the text and all this stuff, because you know that wears you out sometimes, just doing all the beginning beginning stuff in the game. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let me try Resident Evil. It's 11.30, the game had installed, I put the headset on, and you've played it. I know you've played 7. Um, I played 7 from start to finish on PSVR, and it is still to this day the scariest experience of my life. Oh, so you okay? So I'm not just talking to somebody who's never played on the VR because I started the game, and you know you go to the go to the mansion. You can't get into the gate, so then you start crawling through the pelts, and you see all the corp the animal corpses. Mm-hmm. I got to the house. I got to the house. I grabbed the bag. I grabbed the license, and I start like looking at the house, looking around. It's 1130 at night. I hear nothing. I hear nothing in my house. I hear nothing. Nobody's near me. I was like, you know what? I took the headset off and I go, I think we're good right now. (laughs) Yeah, dude. There's something about being in VR that you cannot explain it to somebody until it's it really is one of those one of the one of a kind experiences. You have to. Well, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to experience it. And I know what you're talking about of just you're so immersed in that game and in that moment, looking around you at your surroundings is terrifying in itself. And that game manages to do that flawlessly. There were points in that game where I would just be standing in a hallway looking down at um, and my girlfriend Karen would come downstairs and say, are you playing right now? 
I would go, yeah, I'm just trying to get the courage to walk down this hallway. Like, I, I would be standing there frozen, terrified. I had to push myself to play it. Um, yep. And, yeah, I mean, it's something that I like to brag about because, you know, a lot a lot of people that I know have played Final, or, sorry, uh, Resident Evil 7. But in VR, that thing is a fucking living nightmare. It scared the shit out of me in ways that, like, I mean, even horror movies have not been able to scare me like that. Yeah, I played, I have played probably the first hour of that game without the headset on. I played it uh, like a year ago, year and a half ago, and it was it was horrifying without the headset on. Um, I grew up in North Kingstown, which is like, a, you know, it's just on the, it's on the coast in, in New England. My parents' house was like 120 years old. The basement, oh, it was just fuck. a rock foundation. They still had tree stumps under there that they ripped up and never removed. Um, on top of that, one of my closest friends I grew up with, his backyard was this old school called the Lad School. And it was one of those mental asylums that where they, like, abused and, like, you know, abused men, men, uh, mentally challenged kids back in, like, the 1900s to, like, even, like, the mid-90s. And we used to go by those buildings all the time. And I'm I'm just somebody who's like, yeah, looks cool. We're not doing this. Nope. <laughs> so that's the feeling I got. Like I've been in actual situations like that. And even in the game, it felt it felt so real with the headset yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I know. Um Yeah, when VR is done right, it fucking works. Um I have also played a lot of VR games in the last couple of years, uh, especially this year since I got my Oculus um, between doing the PC VR stuff. And then also the Oculus stuff. I, I, I would probably say that some of my favorite games of 2020 were VR games. Um, Half-Life. I played, ha- played Half-Life Alex. <laughs> um, that game was great. Uh, it's probably better with the actual Valve Index, just because. But also, I'm playing on Oculus Quest, and that thing is wireless. There's a certain degree of freedom, and freedom meets realism, I guess, when you're not tethered. Uh, the first time you throw on the Quest and you're not tethered, it's kind of confusing because you're used to being tethered in a way. And when you play these games where you're meant to actually walk around a certain space, it kind of fucks you up at first because you're like, Oh wait, I got to, Oh yeah. I have to walk to that thing right now instead of moving like a a joystick. It's, it's weird. Um, But yeah, Half-Life Alex uh, takes pretty good, good advantage of of the vr stuff uh the the gravity gloves were fucking so like so cool to use in that game you know just you get in this rhythm of just pointing at things and then pulling them to you and, gra- and like, catching them in your hand and it and then like reloading a gun wasn't just like a click of a button like you had to eject the clip take a new one out pop it in pull pull back on the gun like it it was it, like there's a certain degree of realism there that a lot of other games that I've played 
try to hit, but never hit it as quite as good and as polished as, as Alex did. Um, but the funny thing is, Half-Life Alex was not my favorite VR game of this year. What was it? I think my favorite VR game this year was Pixel Ripped 1995. Have you heard of this game? Let me look. Pixel what? Pixel Ripped 1995. It's, um, I guess it's like a platformer, but it's in, it's in VR, and basically you're playing through the eyes of a kid who's sitting in his room playing like a knockoff Super Nintendo. So like when you're in VR, you're this kid and like when you look down at your hands, you're holding like a Super Nintendo controller and you're looking at your like old school. You're like in this room and you look around. It's like all these old like knockoffs of like posters like Jurassic Park, like from the 90s and shit. And like you're playing on like a little CRT TV. And essentially what ends up happening is the the games bleed out into the real world. So like eventually the level that you're playing ends up like in your room. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to explain it, but it is one of the best VR experiences I've ever had next to Resident Evil 7 and Astrobot. Astrobot's one I want to play. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about that. Astrobot is, in my opinion, the best VR game ever made. Easily. So, don't delay. Uh, but that said, Resident Evil Seven is just below that. Those two games are the reason to to at, at least try VR on on the PlayStation. Uh, yeah, you know, I've had my I've had my headset for almost a month now, and I don't regret ha- buying it. I think it's. Uh... Yeah, man. I mean, I was I was excited. I remember you you texted me. Um, you texted me New Year's too, um, and said that you were playing <laughs> Resident Evil Seven in VR. But uh, I remember, yeah, you, you texted me and said that you just picked up a uh, PSVR headset, and I was excited for you. Like, fuck yeah, like, I want to, I want to talk about this with you. Like, there's so many fucking games that I've played that I could easily recommend. I mean, Resident Evil Seven is there. Astrobot is is an absolute buy, no matter what. Um, pick up Pixel Rip, man. You will not regret Pixel Rip. Yeah, I'm looking at the screenshots. It actually looks it, it looks fascinating. Yeah. Um, one that I did pick up, and I need to pick up the other two games from the same company. Um, I picked up Accounting Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a fucked up game. Uh, it's real fun, real real I, fun. I accidentally, I think I almost platinumed it. I have like two trophies left. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's not very long. It's it's just kind of like a little experience you know it only takes you like an hour and a half or something to beat but it's just it's fucking hilarious i i told it was funny because i told my father about it because i I got a vr headset my like i said my father's not that old i mean he's only father's only 55 you know and he's actually more tech savvy than i am he doesn't game but you know he was he works for uh you know he's he's worked on data centers you know he's an application manager he comes to me when new things are coming out and tells me about them. And oh, really? I'm like, oh yeah. My father, so you gotta remember, my father was in his early 30s, early mid-30s when the first iPod came out. 
and he thought it was like the coolest thing ever. He built our original computer in '96. You know, he he shows me all the cool shit with Apple. You know, because you know he has his iPhone, and he shows me all the shit that he knows. Uh, nice. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, wow, I feel stupid. <laughs> but um, I was telling him about it, and I showed him the vi- I was showing him the video from like the first level, and he's like, that is so, so, because he loves Rick and Morty as well, and he's just like, dude, this is so absurd. <laughs> you uh, you definitely need to get Trover saves the universe. That and uh, virtual reality, those are the two I do want. So I've played virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Wait until it's like five dollars because it's it's not it's not as good as you think it would be. Trover saves the universe though is what you want. It's okay. it's the game that you want. It's it's a full fledged three D platformer, and there were parts in that game I had to take the headset off of my fucking head because I was laughing so goddamn hard that I could not see inside of the headset anymore. I had, like, tears running down my face. I was laughing so hard at it. Because, yeah, I fucking love Rick and Morty. And, I mean, this just feels like a side story off of Rick and Morty. It's just fucking absurd. And I enjoyed every minute of that game. I I had a fucking grin on my face from ear to ear from start to finish. Right. Okay. (laughs) Man, sorry. Like, you're... You're gonna text me at the end of the, like February and be like, dude. So I I had to remortgage my house. Like I had to fucking I had to start selling everything because you gave me this fucking list of games to get, and now I'm fucking broke. <laughs> I don't even look. I don't even have a PlayStation Five or the Xbox Series X yet. You want to talk? You want to talk about <laughs> spending money? <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I managed to get a PlayStation Five, and I also didn't pay a thousand dollars for it. And that was quite the fucking ride to try to get. So I, I, I know a few people who have them, and the people who do have them, crazy enough, they got them and they like the, the games they wanted. Oh, I want the new FIFA. I want the new NBA game. Or the ones who have it who are really gamers, I haven't really heard any feedback from. I was so say, I want. That's a terrible, terrible reason to buy a PlayStation Five for any sports game. <laughs> but I want to hear from somebody who's in, like a gamer. I want I want to hear your thoughts on the five. Okay, um, it's real good. <laughs> it's uh, the UI takes a bit of getting used to, um, but it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's very very similar to the PlayStation fours. Um, the load times are kind of mesmerizing because you know when you load up say spider-man like you clicking the icon you running and slinging webs is like less than a minute (laughs) it's it's almost instantaneous like when you when you run things um so on playstation 5 what i have played um I have played and beat Demon Souls. Uh, that was great. It's kind of how I remembered it. I have a nostalgia for that game. Uh, now, Dalo also played it at the same time, and he did not have that great of a time with it. 
he also didn't play the original. Um, so I think I probably see that game through rose tinted glasses a little bit, but I, I, I liked it. And I mean, anybody who's a fan of that, that series will like it, uh, to some, you know, it, even if it's the worst souls game out of the soul series, it's still, you know, way better than a lot of mediocre games that come out. Um, the big, the real big thing to me uh, was throwing on that Astrobot game that's on that's it's kind of it's preloaded onto the PlayStation Five, and it's it's basically, you know, they could have just made you know a simple little showcase. Hey, here's how the controller is, but instead they made a game like they made a 3D platformer, and it's basically a tech demo for the console. And I don't know how much you know about the controller, but the first time that you get to experience that controller, your head is going to fucking explode. It I've heard like nothing but great things about this sensory, controller. It's like a sensory overload when you first experience that controller. The controller is the most next-gen thing about the console. Not the graphics, not the load times, it's the fucking controller. And after playing Astrobot, because... Demon Souls didn't really do too much with that controller and the, the, the magic behind it. Um, but I'll tell you, Astro did. And I'm excited for Ratchet and Clank because I think that is also... Well, I'm, I've already read stories that they've put out there that they're taking full advantage of this controller for that game. Um, and I like all the Ratchet games. And... Yeah, I'm really, really, really excited to see. And it, you know what? It's kind of going to, even though I have a powerful PC, well, powerful enough, I, I'm i going to be kind of on the fence about where I want to play my games now for different reasons. There will be times, like, for example, Resident Evil 8. Yeah, I could probably play that on PC, but I'm not going to have that controller on PC. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, if it takes advantage of the controller in that game, then I'm probably going to be more inclined to play it on PlayStation Five. Um, so yeah, it's 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 weird. Like the thing that I wasn't expecting to be that big of a deal at all is the the biggest kind of wow factor of the console. Yeah, somebody somebody actually told me. That this control, the PlayStation Five controller, and Microsoft, yeah, you got to give them credit for pretty much making their controller like the standard format across almost every console. Um, even with like the 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 Wii U Pro controller and the Switch Pro controller, like the almost like the base model for any controller across the board. But people who've used the PlayStation Five one have just been like, dude, this is like the craziest thing I've ever played. This is might be the best controller ever made. Yeah, um, it might be. <laughs> it might be the best controller, man, because it's. I don't know. It's it's comfy. Um, the triggers are. That's that's one of the the big things. Like, for example, when you're playing Astro, there's a segment where you kind of get transformed into like a spring, and you have to pull down on the triggers to kind of you know, coil the spring to launch. But 
as you're pressing down on the triggers, it's getting harder and harder to press as you go in. And then somewhere, you know, uh, three quarters of the way down, it clicks. And that can, they can change that however they want. Like, it's, it's insane, man. Like, you, you, it's like, it's like the PSVR. It's one of those things you have to just experience it. Jeez. What is going to happen is I've already told myself that I'm going to wait till my 30th birthday in May and buy me one. That is January. Actually, January 17th. So that's what? February, March, April, May. Four months from today, I'm going to be 30. So I mean, in four months, if I can hold out that long, I'm going to <laughs> get my hands on one of these. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it should be a lot easier by that point. I hope Hopefully. so. I, I, I hope, I hope to fuck it is. Um, I think it will be. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I just you know, the, and everyone. I would like to get my hands on an Xbox, but I'm not gonna like rush. But eventually, for my own collection. Right. Um, I definitely want to get my hands on one. Um. So yeah. Um. The other game. So the the other kind of surprisingly amazing thing uh, that hit me with the PlayStation Five. So as you know, there's a there's a bunch of uh, PS4 games that have gotten kind of boosts mm-hmm. by by just running them on PlayStation Five, and then there's other ones that you actually have to buy the PS5 kind of upgraded version of that game, which. Yep. That's that's a whole fucking other thing. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but there are ones that are just... If you had them before, you throw them on, and they play completely differently. One of those games was my another one of my faves of 2020, and probably if I had an award for biggest surprise, it is easily this game. When this game came out, it was a fucking disaster, apparently. It was buggy as all shit, and it ran terrible. And I'm talking about Days Gone. That oh, game, I've wanted to play that for a while. That game has no right to be as good as it is. It is fucking phenomenal. The story is like Sons of Anarchy meets The Walking Dead, only not as annoying as either one of those fucking series. And the gameplay is fun. The zombies are cool. Uh, the open world is kind of nice and tight. You know, it's not a Ubisoft game where you just have visual diarrhea all over the place, like a million little fucking checkpoints and stuff that you have to overtake. Nope. Per, like, segment of the map, you might have, like, three or four different points that you have to overtake. And once you clear them up, like... it. it there's not an overload of shit to do. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and it, the story is really, really good. And again, the, the best way I can sum it up is it the game has no right to be as good as it is. I mean, nobody talked about this game being this good. So I'm playing this game because it's included with my... Uh, when you have PlayStation Plus on the PS5s, you get the PlayStation Plus collection. And it's a huge collection of some of the biggest titles that the PlayStation 4 had. I mean, you get you get fucking God of War, you get Persona 5, you get Monster Hunter, 
uh, you get Days Gone. It's it's just it's absurd how much shit you get with it. So I had wanted to play Days Gone prior to getting that. Never ever did just because of how terrible some of the fucking reviews and the word of mouth was about it. Um, but again, I am a sucker for survival horror. So anything horror related or horror adjacent, I'm going to fucking play it eventually. I don't care. So when I see that it was announced for the, the plus collection, I, I was pretty excited. What I didn't realize was how goddamn well it's optimized for the PlayStation five. Apparently compared to how it was when it launched, it is now a completely different game. Uh, you know, it's it's running at 4K, 60 frames per second. It it just it looks incredible, and it plays so well. Now, mind you, there were some glitches and stuff, just some pretty weird, funny shit that happened, but like very, very minor. You know, in comparison to something like, say, Cyberpunk. Like, it, it was compared to Cyberpunk, it wouldn't have even been noticeable. And if you do get a PlayStation 5, I urge you to take advantage of that Plus collection. Okay. Sorry, I just actually pulled up a video where some guy actually is comparing the 4, the 4 Pro, and the 5. And this... Oh, man, you can... There's a for huge day, difference. For Days Gone, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's And so another game that I have not started yet but I own, um, bought it over Christmas. Ghost of Tsushima is also on my list of things to get at. And yep. it also got a humongous upgrade. Uh, so, funny enough, my boss is actually a gamer. Not like a huge gamer, but he also bought a PlayStation 5 like the same time that I did. Um, and he's, he had Ghost of Tsushima on PS4. When he came to work the day after having his PlayStation 5, and he was telling me he threw on Ghost of Tsushima, and he said, it's almost unbelievable how big of a difference it made. Because he wasn't used to seeing a lot of games in 60 frames per second. And seeing Ghost of Tsushima then at... 60 frames per second and like you know in 4k or whatever i i don't know i think it's doing 4k 4k hdr 60 frames per second it makes a big difference man and that alone is is worth having the playstation 5 because i mean if you have if you have any kind of digital library at all now on your your playstation 4 or even if you have physical copies of, of the playstation 4 games you know they're going to get these bumps and there's actually some pretty good lists of games that take advantage of the PlayStation 5. And the ones that aren't listed, I would imagine, are either having the the thing that I've talked about before that I don't agree with is, you know, you have to buy, like, the upgraded kind of package. I know that Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to end up getting that. Um, and it looks like uh, The Last of Us, I think, is going to get that. Um, I would imagine Bloodborne will probably get that as well. But games like uh, Killzone, Shadow... What was the name of that game? Killzone Shadow Fall or something? Shadow Zone? No, yeah. Just... Shadow yeah. Zone. <laughs> something like that. Killzone Shadow something. Shadow uh, Fall. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, 
that runs in like fucking 60 frames now and before it was 30 so it's 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 pretty pretty fucking awesome man so yeah that's that's my hot take on the uh, PlayStation 5 well so that's my thing especially after the cyberpunk thing is that that kind of solidified like my thoughts on like getting new games cuz i i want Ghost of Tsushima um, I've had Control for like a year now, so that was, and I know Control is getting an upgrade on the five. Yeah, um, I think I think it already might be out. I'm not sure. I saw 2021. I'm kind of curious, but um, but like there are certain games where I'm just like, you know what? I think I just need to wait. Um, I know that this new Far Cry is gonna be able to play on both, but I'm like, yep. nope, nope. From that video with Giancarlo Esposito. I'm like, I need that game next-gen only. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Now, I'm not... I'm not a huge Far Cry fan. Um, but, I mean... I, I, I'd be interested to see what they do with this this new one. Um, but, for the most part, I feel like I, I always end up disappointed with the Far Cry games. Um, and kind of just the Ubisoft games in general. Uh, like, for example, I was very close to buying uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla over yep. the holidays. Because it, it came down a little bit. Um, and, you know, I had some gift cards and stuff. And I was like, should I buy this game? And eventually I just said, nah. Because I, I think I know what I'm getting into here. And I don't think I want to. You know what I mean? It's I feel like Ubisoft aren't really taking very many risks when it comes to these franchises. They just kind of cash cows. Yeah. Yeah. They just paint by number. It's like, here's our first person open world franchise. And here's our third person open world franchise. There you go. But, um, I mean, to each their own. I'm, I'm just not a, a big fan of the, you know, when you open up your map, it's just visual diarrhea. Yeah, no, that, and that's, that's completely understandable. You know, um, I'm the same way, honestly, with Assassin's Creed. I've never played a single Assassin's Creed game, and I've never had a desire to. <laughs> I've just, yeah. and it's not even a, it's not even like me being like, no, it looks like garbage. I'm just like, I'm like, I've seen enough gameplay. I'm just like, there's nothing about the game that attracts me. Yeah, I've, I've never beat an Assassin's Creed game. I've played uh, two. I used to own two, and I fell off of that. Um, I played like maybe an hour or two, three. Completely fell off of that. I own Black Flag on PS4, um, and I didn't get very far in that either. And I pretty much avoided the franchise ever since four. <laughs> and I got, I know people raved about Origin and how that kind of switched it up a little bit, but I still haven't had any desire to play Origin or Valhalla or what was the other one, Odyssey. Like, yeah. I have no desire whatsoever to play these games. Um, so, actually, yeah. you mentioned... Okay, so after talking about this, I can probably pinpoint my favorite video game genre. I huh. think I have it pinpointed down. After talking about this and thinking about it. I think for me, it would have to be... A mix between like science fiction slash post apocalyptic games. So, so you're big in the big in the Fallout games, obviously. Fallout. 
Um, another one I actually played for the first time last year. I don't know if I told you this. I had it on my PS3, and mm-hmm. I've never played it. And I'm like, ah, let me let me start it. And I, dude, I fucking spent a month, and I got almost on the game. I still got to go back and finish it. Borderlands. Oh, really? Never played Borderlands up until last year. Yeah. I got sucked into Borderlands when it first came out. Um, I had it on PC. And, yeah, I sunk a lot of time into Borderlands. And I don't know if I beat the first Borderlands. I can't remember. I think I did. Um, by the time Borderlands 2 came out, I, I, play, I actually played a bit of 2 online with Dalo. Um, I kind of just, just fell off of that one. And I couldn't even tell you what 3 looks or plays like. <laughs> But I guess people that like that series liked it quite a bit. Well, what I liked about because I, I like Fallout's a you know big one, but what I really liked about Borderlands, and I had this conversation. This is something I think you'd agree with me on here. I love open world games, but we're at the point where every game that comes out is an open world game, and it's very overwhelming because you don't have the time to finish everything in these games. What I liked about Borderlands, it's kind of like an open world game. You have some side missions, but there comes a point where the game bottlenecks and it forces you to move forward. Yeah. And then it opens up and you've got to find new areas, you've got new main missions, you've got new side missions, and then it bottlenecks again. And then you got to move forward. Kind of like that. I kind of like the... Lin- I used to take linear games for granted, and now I'm kind of like, I need some more linear games. Yeah, I know, right? Like, So it's funny that you mentioned that because towards the end of this year, I played... Uh, two pretty extensive open world games, and I'm not an open world guy. Like I, I don't typically like open world games. Um, and I played Days Gone, which is open world. I played Cyberpunk, which is open world. And then I played Death Stranding, and I fucking like that game a lot. I don't care how stupid and insane that story is. I fucking like that game. And when you ask somebody what that game is about, it's it's really hard to try to sell somebody on the fact that you're walking around and delivering packages to people. And then, oh yeah, then there's all this other crazy shit that happens. Like, it does not sound appealing whatsoever, but I remember trying to explain... I can't remember who else who I was explaining to, probably Dalo, about how insane it was traversing down a hill through some trees and over some mud to this one spot. And he was like, wow, that sounds amazing. Cool. Walking simulator. But, like, it was so intense, and I didn't know how to explain it. Um, But, you know, I, I'm kind of going to try this year, I think, to go back, because I've never a Metal Gear Solid except for 4. And I remember liking 4 quite a bit. And I think I'm probably a bigger Kojima fan than I thought. Because I like the absurdness of his games. And how fucking how they turn into these anime-ass stories. I'm, I'm super into that shit. And funny that you mentioned you know, Death Stranding post-apocalyptic. And it's sci-fi. <laughs> Maybe you should check it out. 
Maybe you no, should. that's been a, that's been on my list. Um, I was gonna pick it up the other day. I was at GameStop, but I pre-ordered Super Mario uh, 3D World for the Switch. Nice. Um, plus, I need to get a new PS4 controller. My controller just yesterday. I was trying to watch something on YouTube, and the microphone kept coming up. And I'm like, I didn't hit the microphone, so I hit the the circle, and it kept popping up. And then my L button keeps shooting everything to the left, rewinding <laughs> videos. So I'm just like, fuck, I just need a new controller at this point. Especially being in the middle of control right now. Like, yeah, shit. You gotta get on and, that. Like, like, okay, and let's talk about that game. Because we kind of, we keep alluding to it. <laughs> yeah, that game is real good. Um, I saw that game appear on the, it was uh, the Game Informer issue. When it was the cover uh, story. And the author of that wrote that this game has the story is very Twin Peaks ish. I don't know if we've talked about Twin Peaks before and if you've seen Twin Peaks. Um, very bizarre show. Very just strange. You know, a lot of questions. Just like the template for like games and games like Control. Um, I think I'm four missions in. And you know how big those missions are. They're massive. Yeah, they're pretty extensive. Um, I'm eating this up. I, I love it. I, I'm i not actually going too crazy with the side missions. If I come across one, cool. If not, oh well. Um, But I love the gameplay on this. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks gorgeous. It, it only gets better. That's the thing about that game is the gameplay keeps changing as you go through and it just makes you like the game more and more. You know, and that's a game where not going to lie because I was just looking. So control doesn't get a full PS five upgrade till next month. Yeah. Okay. Um, might've been already out, but yeah, I guess you're right. It's going to be a game where I would spend the full 60 on it for the upgrade. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of games like that. I don't know if you have any games where every time it's come out, you're like, fuck, I, okay, I'll spend the money. Um, yeah, man, for sure. Um, th- that game is incredible. And if you're already hot on this game, four missions in, your brain is going to fucking melt by the end of it. I can only imagine. Oh, you can't. You you can't foresee the things that happen in this game. There's no way. It gets fucking weird and like the best kind of weird. And again, I don't know. I kind of discovered that I'm into fucking weird games. Like when when weird shit happens, that's like yeah, we don't really know how to explain this, so just take it for what it is. And yeah, weird shit happens. Um, I'm okay with it, man. <laughs> like I don't care if there's plot holes and shit, but like. I don't know. Control felt very X-Files to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. Fucking love X-Files. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I even liked going and reading like the, the pages. Like you you find that kind of give like a little bit of backstory about some of the shit that's going on at the, like, this like center. And like, yeah, I don't know, man. There's something about that game. It's just really, really, really fucking good. And they were doing the um, some of the videos they had um, with I forgot what doctor it was, but they were what, like live live cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, I know it's 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 crazy. Um, I mean, those are the same guys. Oh, I don't know if 
I don't know if I should say this or not because it might be a spoiler. Um, yeah, they're the same guys that that did. Um, what was the game that came out before this one? Alan Quantum, Wake. No, Quantum. Quantum Break. Break. Yeah, yeah. So I played a bit of that. It's not terrible, but like it was doing a really weird thing with the whole like the, all the cutscenes were all like live act, action kind of like acted out with actors and. I don't know. It kind of it was kind of funny because it kind of reminded me of like the old Sega CD shitty like fucking. Do you remember those yep. like interactive? Oh god, they were so bad. And it's kind of like that, only like kind of a bigger product. Like it, it looked like a TV show that you would see that would come on like fucking ABC. <laughs> and it's crazy though with the way the graphics are right now with games. Like, I was actually, I had to sit there with that first cutscene, and I watched it, like, three times just to figure out, I'm like, shit, that's not animated. Yeah, like, yeah, I kind of the way the same... was. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. It, it all works, though, for, for Control. It didn't It didn't really work with um, Quantum, Quantum Break or whatever the hell that game is. I bounced off of that one pretty quickly. I just didn't find it. I didn't find it that good. I also then, realize that was the same company that made Max Payne and Alan Wake. Yeah. So, Alan Wake, also one of theirs. Um, that is on my list of things to play. Uh, I have I've played Alan Wake. I used to own Alan Wake on Xbox 360. Um, but like the 360 and like the PS3 era of video games for me, or even like the the PS2 era, I never finished games. I just I would always have just mountains of games, and I would start them, and I would just go to the next one, and then repeat. I was not finishing games, so, um, in about 2017-ish, I decided, you know what? I'm gonna start fucking finishing games, and I want to find. I want to try to rack my brain right now to try to remember all the games that are worth playing that I started at some point in my video game career. And I made this Excel sheet uh, called video game Historia. And it is massive. And I've been keeping track of the games I finish um, every year since 2017. And in 2020, I broke my record for the total games that i finished and i finished 70 games holy shit (laughs) 70 now that being said you know yeah there's a there's a lot of like you know super mario bros 3 never beat it before i finally did uh you know there's there's real short vr games in here um but then at the same time, there's fucking long ass games here. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last of Us Part Two is kind of long. Um, you know, I played those Yakuza games; they're long as fuck. I also played uh, Mega Man Zero one to four. <laughs> Got on a, on a kick with those games. Um, finally beat Paper Mario, both Paper Marios this year, and then got. A pleasant surprise when that new Paper Mario on Switch ended up being fucking amazing. And I, I beat had, that one. I had every reason to not want to like that game, and I fucking loved it. Yep. The or- Origami King, 
It was fantastic. The game was amazing. Um, but it is for sure the best Paper Mario since the Paper Mario um, on GameCube Thousand Year Door. Because everything in between seems like it's just complete shit. Oh, you know, it's the Wii, Wii U era, so, I mean, yeah, pumping out a lot at that point. And then I beat, um, uh, <laughs> at the very end of the year, I was sitting, like, I was like, man, I kind of want to get to 70, and I need, like, I only need a couple more games. So I ended up um, at work. Because this, right now, the industry that I work in, this is like dead time at work. And I'm still going into the office. Um, but over the over the holidays, dude, it was fucking dead. We would come into work, the phone would ring like ten times all day. And I was just sitting on my phone one day and I was like, fuck, I could probably play a game. And I fired up Sonic CD. And you know what? I did not hate playing that on mobile. It felt really good. And then after I beat Sonic CD, I beat Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one, um, also on iOS. And it was really good. And I beat both of those games at work. <laughs> and yeah, that was like the last kind of push. I wanted to get a couple of like quick games um, right, at, right at the very end. So yeah, like, Cyberpunk was the last big game that I played. Everything else after that was just kind of little games. But uh, 70. 70 total, nonetheless. I gotta get on my my shit then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's a a lot of games. but uh, And they're not all good. Like, I played some kind of mediocre kind of crap games this year um but yeah for the most part i played some pretty fucking pretty banging banging games um yeah uh for sure man like you you need to to jump on some of this backlog stuff and you know for sure hit up dead space like Absolutely need to play Dead Space. It's funny you you mentioned that, and that's the only game I still have, the only tab I still have opened up about games that you've (laughs) referenced, because my PS3 is hooked up to my TV right now. So, um, yeah, you you gotta you gotta get your hands on Dead Space immediately and get that in. I I, and I want updates. I want fucking live updates (laughs) every day of what's going on and how much of your insides you've already shit out because that game is going to fuck you up. I don't even care how old it is. That game is still horrifying. Oh, yeah. Make sure you play it with, if you can, a surround sound system or, like, a good headset. Okay. Because the sound design is, it's fucking stellar. Sometimes that makes it so much more worth it. Um, (laughs) But we've been going for two hours. I think... (laughs) We have. Holy fuck. This is what I think you and I need to do. Because I feel like, and you know, we've talked about we can, t- you and I can talk about music all day, but I feel like with gaming, there's, I think you and I could get a lot more out of it. I think once a month, you and I need to just 
get on a podcast and just yeah, talk man. games. Mm-hmm. I'm the same exact thing. Super okay with that. <laughs> we'll just schedule and we'll update throughout the year. Yeah, man, for sure. And like, I, you know, I, I know a few people that would probably join in sometimes. Um, I'm sure you know some people that we could probably get together to to ramble about video games. Could be could be pretty fucking fun. Oh, absolutely. So let's do this. Um, we're gonna we'll get off this call. Um, and you and I can uh, right after I finish recording, you and I can just kind of quickly uh throw our time slot on for the next one, and we'll uh yeah we'll go from there. Yeah, man, sounds good to me. Awesome. Thank you for being on here, Jerry. And uh, thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime going <laughs> going forward. And for those of <laughs> you who already listen, um, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Instagram and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find me as Sam the DSLB official on Twitter. We are on all streaming services, excluding Pandora. If we're not on something that you listen to podcasts on, please let us know. We will get ourselves on there. Thank you for listening to Open Frequency Radio, and do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.